I want it all. You know that song, right? Well, a lot of people, I think, think this way, especially when we pursue the performing arts. I want, I can be a singer, actor, dancer. I can do all the things. Don't tell me I can't do anything. Well, I get that, and I appreciate that grit. But if we try to be all things to all people, then how exactly do we stand out? My guest today is Gabriel Wiener. He is a voice teacher of over 16 years, helping singers to refine and discover their signature one-of-a-kind voice. I think you're going to be inspired and challenged by our conversation today. How do we celebrate who we are and take all the things that make us unique and be at peace, and not just at peace, but truly find joy in those things. We're going to talk about Ricky Martin, our origin stories, and he is a Dominican fellow Latino. So, you know, we're going to have a little Spanglish talk too. So grab your cup of cafe and let's dive in. Hola, I'm Melissa B. Cartwright, voice and performance coach and Latin creative with over 20 years of professional singing experience and encouraging others to do the same. I believe that both mental and vocal preparation is key to creating confident performing artists. You'll hear stories and advice from me and my guests that will make you think, it'll make you laugh, but most importantly, it will make you walk away saying, phew, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So pour yourself a cup of coffee y bienvenido to Cafecito with the Coach. Salud, Gabriel, salud. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I've been having, you know how life has ups and downs? I've been having just like a great two, three months. So I'm doing great. I am so happy to hear that. And I've, it's been a good week for me too. So salute to that as well. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> yes. I think I forgot to tell you last time we met that your name has a, spe- a sweet spot in my heart because my brother, that's my brother's middle name. David uh-huh. Gabriel, uh-huh. and my oldest daughter's name is Gabriela. So, uh-huh. love, yeah, it's just, it, it's it's very sweet to me. So mm-hmm. thank you, you uh-huh. esteemed first guest on my podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on here. When when we we chatted and we talked, and the first time I ever saw you on social media, the way you present yourself, there's like beauty in your simplicity, and you don't say much, but what you say is very poignant (laughs) it's it you know you pack a punch and you don't have to say much you know and I think that's one of the things that I wrote that attracted me most to your post and then to you as a colleague and a fellow Latino you know and just he you stand out in in the best possible ways and and you challenge my perceptions in the best possible ways and I can't wait for our listeners to to experience that as well so thank you again and welcome Well, that's great. You know, I think uh, resonance, it, it's the concept in singing, but also in just kind of our souls. And we resonate with certain things. And what I'm always looking for is to find those people that I resonate with and that resonate with me. And there's that saying, I think, you know, the younger kids say it now, your vibe attracts your tribe or something. <laughs> so, like, I was attracted to uh, people that said, little things but we're packing a punch you know so like i'm i'm very interested for just so that people know i'm very interested in zen um uh practice and there's usually these little uh what's the word for that um koans so there are these like sayings that for example 
they're very deep. So it's like, what did your face look like before your mom and your dad were born? And then it just like blows your mind. <laughs> ah, what does that even mean? And so I got very interested in that. And I think that has influenced my style as well as, you know, the teachers that said little, but packed a punch were the ones that I gravitated towards. And I think, you know, like attracts like. So there's obviously something that resonates uh, for you and me in that simplicity. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, this this time together is all about having honest conversations. You know, we know that both in Latino and American culture alike, when you're sharing a coffee, a tea, or you know, in Eastern cultures with a tea, there's there's um a sense of genuineness, of care, of even we're about to talk about something that's meaningful for the both of us, you know. Yeah. And so I think the power of story. Well, I just said it. It's powerful. So yes. please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. You know, how what what led you to becoming a voice teacher? What did your artistic journey look like to lead you to where you are today? Okay. Uh well, first of all, my favorite people since I was a little kid were teachers. So like I remember my first grade teacher. Some people say they had a crush on their teacher. I don't think I had a crush because obviously I'm a kid <laughs> but I just I loved like what what she was teaching me and uh, you know I remember learning how to write the letter a and just like going crazy so immediately there's an attraction to that profession it's so noble you know you're dealing with so many individuals and uh, just getting to know them so I think that's when my love of teaching started um and um then you know i grew up in the dominican republic i think we talked about this off offline before and um i remember specifically one time turning on the tv and seeing a, a music video and uh it was ricky martin and was, <laughs> <laughs> and there was this like really beautiful song ballad he was singing i i fell in love with his spanish ballads when i was mm -hmm. a kid mm -hmm. And so I'm going to kind of be broad in this answer because I like to include a lot of information in the things that I say. My father uh, was overseas. He lived in the United States, where I am now, and my mother lived in the Dominican Republic. So they had a long distance marriage and the lyrical content and also the the expression in, in Ricky Martin's voice was about someone that had left that wasn't coming back and that he was longing for. Hmm. And when I was a kid, I didn't really understand all of that, but like I fell in love with that kind of call to what's missing, the person that you miss. And obviously, again, like I said in the teacher example, it wasn't romantic or, you know, sexual in nature. It was just a longing uh, for my dad to come back. So like then I was like mesmerized. So the combination of like loving teachers and then loving singing and how it like connected me with my feelings, I think primed me to to want to be first a performer and then you know a teacher and I, we can talk more about that but um. yeah no I, well and now i'm curious what song was it <laughs> um a medio vivir a medio vivir después de tanto tiempo que ha pasado te parecerá mentira ay mira i was being tricky because i wanted you to sing it <laughs> Because oh, you know beautiful. my you know my head immediately went to La Vida Loca, uh, Maria, you know, all those songs. So that's how we know that. him here. That's how we know exactly. Him here. And that's how a lot of our audience members know him. Pero yo lo conozco from menudo. You know, <laughs> I know him when he was itty bitty. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean that's powerful. And this is why a lot so many of us feel called to be performing artists, because 
we connected with a story and we saw how music and singing in particular was that medium that was going to transcend and right. help us connect. Right. So I'm curious, did you go down the path of pop singing or where did your journey as a performer lead you? So I did. My, my house was a very lively Latino house. Mm -hmm. We're like very little boundaries. So muchos strangers coming in. <laughs> Um, I, you know, it's nothing like here. People didn't have to call and make an appointment to come see you. They just right. pop up. And my mom was very happy to receive them. And, you know, I had a, a mixed relationship because I, I had already been uh, raised. I, I grew up here a little bit. I had already that culture. So then when I went there, I was a little shocked. It was like, whoa, a lot of stimulation. Mm -hmm. um, so I would sometimes be singing to myself and some random like eavesdropper that just popped out of nowhere would hear and be like, you sound really nice or that sounds really nice or they'd tell my mom. And so as a, I'm one of five, right? And, and there's four boys, one girl. When you're one of five, it's hard to feel very seen, you know? It's not like an only child. So when I would get that kind of validation, whether they told me directly or they told my mom, your son sounds nice and I could hear them, I was like, ooh, this is how I'm gonna get seen and discovered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then, you know, the La Vida Loca also happened around a time when I was a teenager and I saw how seen in the world stage Ricky Martin was. And I was like, that's how I'm going to be seen. That's how I'm gonna stand out. That's how I'm gonna become visible. Cause I felt very invisible, sadly. Cause you know, my dad being away, my mom with her hands full with her whole profession and career and, and my siblings taking care of all of us. I didn't feel like I got enough attention. Yeah, <laughs> so, five kids for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so singing was gonna be my ticket to getting all the attention that I, I didn't get, yeah. So did you go to school uh, as a music major, as a voice major, or did yes, you- Yes, well, audition? I was like, my dream was, I'm gonna be the next Ricky Martin. I speak Spanish, I speak English, I can mm -hmm. sing, and um, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm gonna be like him. I'm gonna do a cross, start in Spanish, do a crossover, and the whole world's gonna love me. I just had this grandiose, like, fantasy of being that. And then <laughs> I went to college for singing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> which was funny because I don't think that was the that's not the best path to become a, a pop star to go to college for singing because what happened there was I fell in love with pedagogy and vocal technique and voice lessons and then I went into musical theater and it completely you know put a hole in my idea of how I was just gonna like overnight sensation kind of thing it, it showed me that it took a lot of work to put a show together and to learned songs and, and then the technique and all that. So I fell in love with my voice teacher again. <laughs> I, <laughs> when I say fall in love, I mean, even with Ricky Martin, I had a talent crush on him. I had a talent mm -hmm. crush on my teachers. I had like a, an intellectual kind of thing. Right. It was never anything, you know, like physical attraction necessarily. Not that they're not attractive, but I just, I like to clarify that because I think some people get confused. They're, they're attracted to somebody's talent or skill, and then they conflate it with something else. So right. No, 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 no. There was just a very deep, deep admiration, obviously. Exactly. So then, like, I totally get how the dream can shift. We had similar paths with wanting, thinking that I was going to become a recording artist, going, being, being a voice major at school and realizing there, there was all these other little trails that like, led me down right. to different paths, yeah. but obviously have made me the person I am today. So how, so from recording artist to 
I think I might be a really great teacher. <laughs> and then musical theater, which in in some regards now there there are integrations of pop and musical theater styles because of the type of contemporary shows that exist today. So did you then start auditioning? Did you go to school in New York? Yeah, I went to college in Long Island. Yes. Okay. Uh, New York, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um I did do some recording and I did do some pursuing of that. But, you know, the other thing is like, I think we each have different temperaments and personalities. So it was a clue when I was a kid that I was like put off by these strangers just coming in that I wasn't really built for that much kind of um, stimulation with with other folks. Mm -hmm. And so that pop world, you're you're constantly collaborating with all these musicians you've never met and producers and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I'm more of an introvert. You see, that that's what makes me, I think, more well-suited for teaching. And this was showing up very early. So I, I did try it, and it was it was a little uh, difficult for me to, to work with all these people like that. So then I found more of a home uh, doing musical theater, which meant that we were rehearsing. It was a, a long time. You got to kind of know the people. And in college, it was, like, very immersive, obviously. You know the same people. So it felt like more of a fit for my temperament. See, I think it's so important to know who you are because I don't think we're all built to be pop stars. That takes a very specific temperament. I did a tour too, and I don't like traveling as much. You see what I'm saying? So if you're going to be a pop star, you probably want to like to travel. And see, I have a brother that sings and, and is loves what he does, and he loves being on a plane and loves being on a bus and touring, I, I, it's just not for me. I like more um, security and kind of stability, which is why I think I shifted into theater, because then I felt like we're rehearsing three months before we put on the show, you know? Pops a little more, let's get to it. Yeah. Well, then the, that leads me to wonder, did you ever do any tours or you just you just did regional shows where you could you could stay put? Oh, no, and... I did do a tour in theater. Uh, for I, I, I was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. But the funny thing is, I quit. I was like a six month contract and I quit three months into it. OK, tell me more <laughs> was, about that. It, it was it's 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 just so much, Melissa, for me. Um, sleeping in a different bed every night and mm -hmm. like doing all these meet and greets and just it, changing the space in which we're on singing. You know, I get like to kind of get used to, I'm just a creature of uh, safety and kind of stability and comfort. It took me a long time to admit that. I felt like there was something wrong with me. I was like, why is this not feeling good? Because what I love is singing, and I love uh, teaching, and I love, you know, expressing, but I don't love the all of that kind of attention and all of that that comes with that. So I think to, to be a famous person, you have to have the right temperament for it. Definitely. And, and even when you do, as we've seen, it's very challenging. It, a lot of people need drugs to assist that process, and just their stories become very difficult and fraught with challenges that, you know, regular people like us, <laughs> uh, we don't have to deal with. Yeah. Does that right. make sense? No, absolutely. And it leads, it leads me to think about as you observed all this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this is a conversation we've had offline that we've talked about having with our singers offline and even in our lives mm -hmm. that as the dreams kind of, uh, evolve, you know, we, and we see what we're gravitating towards, what we, what we will say no to, 
-hmm. but we will not put up with. <laughs> so did you, as you made, if you, you started making this shift of, mm, esto no es para mí, this is not sí. for me. Did you feel, did you receive any blowback? Did you feel, did you have to grapple with any feelings of shame around that? Because oh, that's yeah. what happens. It's, I didn't quote unquote succeed or Absolutely. I quote unquote failed, which is, it, it's the biggest lie that we can eat and stomach for ourselves. So how did you navigate that to get to this place of solace and confidence and knowing this is who I am? Absolutely. Yeah, it was very difficult embracing my teacher identity uh, and 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 committing to it, which is, you know, I'm finally a successful teacher because it took me a long time to ditch all the forward slash this forward slash that forward like mm. teacher forward slash performer forward slash actor forward slash whatever. So I, I had to cut those out and it did feel like I was um, amputating parts of my identity and it was very difficult and also dealing with you know um feeling like i was letting people down because where i grew up people thought i was going to go places and i have come places just i'm not a household name and they're not you know seeing me in their living room like they thought they would be but um yeah and also the culture i hope it's shifting i'm not sure if it is or if it isn't was very much like never give up never give up and like make your dreams come true and you can achieve anything and if you just if you put your mind to it you can make it happen but i wish it was more said like know yourself and know what what fits and know mm -hmm. what doesn't because if i would have had a little bit of that i think i would have processed the shame and the feelings of like being a failure a little better so i'm so happy you're doing this melissa because <laughs> now you know other people are gonna hear us and saying like you can succeed in anything yeah that's true but you also have to know what you're built for that's the little part that i wish our culture was including in there we don't want to vicariously um create a dream because someone else looks really cool doing something we have to also know that it, it fits us. The way I say it is like, I may love like tattoos on someone else or an outfit on someone else, but that doesn't mean that it would look good on me or that I should be wearing it. See what I'm saying? There's a difference between that admiration and that gives you inspiration to be more yourself versus, you know, um, thinking that you should be like that person in order to be accepted or included or seen or loved. Because I feel very seen now and very loved. It took a while. <laughs> It does. And I think it's a lifelong journey. You yeah, know, it's a I lifelong agree. journey. It, I, I kind of just compare it to waves that come and go. And you, you, there are going to be days where you feel so assured and confident in that and days where that's going to be challenged, you know, yeah. but because you are so certain of who you are and of what you will not tolerate, I think that places you in a place of security. And I think that is inspirational. Like you said, like just hearing you say that, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so when you're coaching your clients, your mm -hmm. singers, your artists, mm -hmm. how do you help them navigate that when they're in a session and they're really in the thick of mm -hmm. battling those limiting beliefs? Mm -hmm. how, what's your approach? Walk, walk me through, walk me, walk us through a voice lesson with Gabriel. Absolutely. Claro que si, claro que si. Well, full disclosure, there's a lot of talking in my initial voice lessons because I want to make sure that I'm tilling the soil and, and making sure we're on the same page um, and letting them know, like, I'm not a fame coach. I'm not, or I'm not a, you know, career coach. I'm not a life coach. I'm 
I'm a, a voice teacher that wants to get you to connect with your voice, you know, mm. um, but I, I do like to get very clear on what it is that I'm offering very, very clear so that there's no confusion about the expectations of what they think they're going to get, you know, because right. when I started taking voice lessons, I thought they were going to help me get famous. <laughs> I think you and I know that that's not, <laughs> I'm not I, I have to tell, I have, that, I have to have that conversation too with people. Yeah. They, they will ask me questions that are really well suited for a manager <laughs> and I'm not a manager. I'm right, not an right. event coordinator. You know, I can, I can refer you out, but that's not my job. Uh, so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so usually I, I will, so I'm just working on connecting people with, you know, the, the, the purity, the clarity, the authenticity of their voice. And I assess that usually I start out with a, a, a major fifth glissando somewhere in the middle of people's range. So mm -hmm. I'll have them go, and I'll see kind of like how they sound doing that. And then from there, I start to see, I mix it. So I'll, I'll talk about, you know, the technical stuff and I'll talk about, you know, life stuff and all that kind of stuff. And then they'll tell me that I should be a therapist. And then I say <laughs> to them, no, uh, your therapist should be a voice teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. So, so much alignment there. So much alignment there. <laughs> so yeah, because I, voice lessons helped me a lot more. I, I did psychotherapy and I still do, and I'm not knocking it, but voice, mm -hmm. I still take lessons and I think they help me a lot more than uh, therapy because it's just a modality that is more suited for my temperament again. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a singer so what? i'm not sure i answered your question there but i mean it's it's a broad question no it is no it, you answered it beautifully um because also if you do want to take a lesson with gabriel then then book him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are I, i'd love to hear more about why you think dig a little deeper with why you think people make that statement when it comes to voice lessons and oh you're cheaper than therapy or oh this feels like therapy no, I'm not i mean i have my than, own i'm not I know cheaper than therapy i want to be clear <laughs> <laughs> fyi <laughs> i'm not but anyway so, no but this is a cut you and i talked offline about this why people say that why are we finally talking about this you know in this light i think too you know just the stigma around mental health awareness where it's it's I softening it's not it's softening but why do you think people default to that statement oh it feels like therapy what and it's particularly with singing because I, I mean again if you to our listeners if you see this in other musical disciplines like playing your piano or your violin please let me know but particularly in our voice community we hear this a lot why do you think that is oh i have i have a few ideas on that um I'll I'll start with the with the more benign one. I think the one on one once a week, you know, an hour a week, a half hour a week, forty five mm -hmm. minutes a week appointment where there's this private encounter and there's conversation and checking in does uh, seem a little bit similar to therapy mm -hmm. in the sense of the, the 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 format. I think another part that's probably not as um, this is the one that's not as uh, harmless, I think, is is that I think it's a displacement. Uh, in other words, like people that should be going to therapy are turning, you know, their hairstylist into a therapist, so they'll call him a therapist or yes. you know anyone else. It, it's be there. It's a um, it's a boundary issue, I, I believe, and 
I don't really get upset when people say that. I will recommend therapy if I think they need it, if I think it'd be useful for them, because I know it's been useful for me. But I think it's just, um, since you're not going to therapy and you're getting out feelings that you would get out in therapy, you're kind of projecting that that entity over there is like your therapist. So my recommendation for people that have a strong feeling of that is for them to go to therapy, and then I think they'll get more out of their voice lessons because they'll get it out. So yeah, um, not sure if that's answering your question, but that's that's one of my thoughts on it. Yeah, and I would even add on to that. I think there's just this vulnerability that comes with sharing your instrument because if I play another instrument, right, I can always blame the instrument. Right. I, I mean, in some part, I can blame my skill level, but I can also blame the instrument if that clarinet needs a new reed, that that violin needs new strings. But when we use our living instrument and her voice, it's so it, it's a part of me. Mm -hmm. And and that like, here's my baby. Don't tell me my baby's ugly. You know, yeah. that that That's kind of concept It's it, pretty vulnerable to, to oh, share absolutely. that. So yeah, and I and I know tons of students that blame their voice and they go, I don't know what's going on with my voice. And mm -hmm. I usually get back with, you know, you are your voice. Mm. You know? So like when I did the glissando before, it, it didn't work out so well uh, because I haven't warmed up today. And, you know, <laughs> so, so so I'm there's no mystery to me and why the voice isn't working. So I like to take the mystery out with people and they do sometimes treat it like an external instrument, like like a foreign mm -hmm. thing. And mm -hmm. it's really not. It's really you like, you know, did you sleep well? Did which I didn't. Uh, did you did you drink enough water? Which I haven't. You know, did you warm up? Which I haven't. Did you exercise yet? Which I haven't. So uh, obviously, when I try that, it's going to reflect that. And there's no mystery. Um, and I think some people do treat their voice like a separate instrument. Although, like your to your point, which is a good point, they also know that they are the instrument too. Mm -hmm. So I don't really make a, a a distinction between my voice and myself. I think they're synonymous. I think you may have seen this, you know, I post those uh, Instagram uh, things. And if anybody's interested in that, it's uh, my Instagram's at Gabriel.voice. I posted that voice equals self, like yourself is your voice and it mm -hmm. reflects everything about you. So if in yeah. regards to that, let's say, because I was what I was going to ask you is how do you, you know, encouraged how do you encourage a discouraged singer in your studio so if if you if that's your approach and your integration then how do you walk someone through vocal injury uh -huh. who's going through vocal rehabilitation from a medical perspective how do you help them with that because that in and of itself can make you know can make you feel like you know you're not enough and so oh, yeah. how do you how do you encourage them when when you say the voice is also the self Oh, if you have vocal injury, there's nothing wrong with you. So I, I like to weight lift and I have calluses on my hand and nodules are calluses. And so I was actually um, trimming my calluses off uh, this morning and I was thinking about this. I was like, oh, calluses are the equivalent of vocal nodules, right? And these calluses are there because I'm not using protection when I hold the weight and they're, they're there to protect my hand. So mm -hmm. if, if you reframe your nodules with a protection that your body's trying to do, because, you know, 
um, instead of thinking that it means something negative about you, then that's a good thing. And also, I like to remind singers, a lot of famous singers have vocal damage. Like, mm -hmm. it's no, I, I'm not blowing her spot, but Mariah Carey has nodules. And uh, there are many other singers that have had vocal issues. And I'm not condoning, you know, like, go ahead, damage your voice so that you can have a unique sound. But I'm just saying that that's your body's intelligence. So I think if you think about it in that way, you don't feel like, oh no, I'm ruining myself. And usually the reason why we try too hard or we have poor technique, it, there's good reasons. Either we don't have the resources or the guidance or the instruction, or like me, we're not feeling seen and when I was younger and trying really hard. And mm -hmm. so I'm just saying it all makes sense. So to depathologize and to destigmatize kind of like what we're doing with mental health as you mm -hmm. mentioned before vocal damage it's we have to kind of understand that it's a normal part of the process and it happens to so many singers and there's absolutely. nothing wrong with you absolutely absolutely that you know you said something in there about um the, the body's protection and also that the sound right individual sound and we're right. here to celebrate our individuality as singers right. as teachers you know why people are attracted to your method of teaching or someone else you know and all that and celebrating that and saying there's room for everyone so i, I know this may be this may be a very broad question I'll go for it. but how when a singer says you know like i i I want to be myself. I want to be authentic. And you're trying to encourage them that they don't have to be the copycat Ricky Martin. We already have right. one. Right. We need a we need a Gabriel, you know. Uh -huh. And so how do you encourage them when there's still the pressure to sound like someone else or even sound like someone they admire? For, well, first, take that pressure off and um, be open. This is very scary for a lot of singers. Be open. Yes. Just be open to the fact that maybe you don't have to be a singer it's just i'm not saying that you, you won't be i'm just saying be open just to take that uh, myopic demand and focus because i think that's one of the things that leads to damage when you're like trying to force yourself to be something that you're not right mm. that's what i've experienced so be open to maybe you're a teacher like me <laughs> or be open to maybe you know your your voice uh would be better singing these songs and in other words be open to letting go of things that you really wish you could do so that you can find who you really are and what you really would be good at doing and i think this is really hard for people because we get very attached to an outcome that we want and i think when we release the grip that's when like the jewel of who we are comes out because if we're so like gung-ho about achieving something i think that's when we get into a lot of you know shame and frustration and trouble because we're swimming against the current you know, we have to kind of find the flow and, and the resonance and our offering. And you know what, Melissa, sometimes we don't have, get a say in what we're good at. And we can't just contort ourselves into being anything that we want. We have to kind of really tune in and listen. That's why I like meditating, because mm -hmm. it's like letting go, relaxing and finding out who am I really? And there's a lot of clues in who we are. So, yo, tú sabes, nosotros somos <laughs> latinos y yeah. like... Yo ahora hablando español tengo un poco de inseguridad, ¿verdad? Porque siento, like, y, lo, y la gente que no habla español que está oyendo esto. But I just have to be myself. That's right. And, and trust that, you know, the resonance is going to do the work. And so there were people that are listening to this that don't know what I just said. And that's fine. 
So just there's you have to be brave. You have to be truthful. You have to like look at just where you come from and who you are. And it is a broad question and it is a broad answer. But I love having that conversation with with singers all the time. You know, I have um, some students that love country music, but they're not from the country. And so when they sing, they have that country twang, that country inflection. And I say, I know you appreciate, you know, country music, but you don't want to appropriate it because there's a lot of people that live in the country that are legit and like they're going to resonate with those masses. So you can do it as a hobby and you can enjoy it, but you're not going to break through mass consciousness in any authentic way if that's not where you grew up and where you're from. Like leave that to the locals, you know, and that's that's my message. Interesting. Very interesting. And I love what you said about uncovering the jewel of who yeah. you are. I know. I, I like I, I have no that's it. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, it's a process. It's a process of subtraction, not addition. Mm. I think that's because who we are is already there. We already have, you know, an upbringing and a family and a story and a culture. And, a, and all we have to do is understand our origin and then allow that to be. And sometimes if we don't have self-acceptance, we may be trying to appropriate another culture that we think is cooler. And then I think that's when we work against ourselves. We have to accept our origin and who we are because that was like preordained that's already there before we even got here so we just that koan of what was your face like before your mom and your dad were born like that lineage that you were coming from like what is it honor your ancestry honor your you know you, your father and mother not to get mm -hmm. biblical that kind of stuff because that is going to inform who you are and just like you know, when you're conceived, like your height is already determined and the color of your hair is already determined and the color of your eyes and all these and, and the type of voice you're going to have. All of that is already there. So you just have to unwrap it. You don't have to go find it somewhere else. That's my message. And I find it's not like the most popular, but that's that's what works for me. That's what makes you you. And that's <laughs> what makes you stand out and, and attracts, like you said, the, the right resonance, the right people resonate with you. And yeah. so thank you so much. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. You did mention your Insta. Like uh, if somebody is interested in working with you, where else can they find you? Uh, so I have a website. It's a contemporaryvoicelessons.com. And that has the link to my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, all the social media platforms there's too many to keep up with <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it brother and i'll make sure to include this in the show notes as well oh, but yeah. gabriel muchisimas gracias thank you so much oh. i think people are going to listen to this and they're just going to have to stop and rewind and listen again <laughs> maybe pull the car over or stop their walk or their jog or lo que sea you know to take notes and and hopefully just take a breath of fresh air which is exactly what this conversation mm. should feel like so thank you so much melissa thank you oh yes salud. And, you know i i just i can't Thank you enough for uh, being open to exchanging ideas with other teachers, because I think that's how we diversify the pool and we connect all these dots that, you know, aren't. And this is the service you're doing by opening yourself up to creating a space for more voices to be shared. That says a lot about your character. That's that's amazing. Thank you. I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. For more information on ways that you can enhance your voice and performance journey, visit mbcperformance.com. Hasta la próxima.